Uh, Numbers chapter 21, if you would, with me. Numbers 21. Numbers 21. While you're turning there, I want you to think about a quote um, by a man by the name of James Clear from his book called Atomic Habits. And so I want you to think about this with me. We do not rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. Okay, so we do not rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. Okay, so here's the idea is all of us have goals, all of us have dreams, all of us have things that we want to do in our lives, and we just don't automatically rise to that occasion, do we? Wouldn't it be so nice if we did that? Wouldn't it be just nice if we could just dream up anything and then all of a sudden we're there? That would be so amazing if that's the way it worked, but it just doesn't work that way. What happens is we actually fall to the level of our systems. So what we put into place, the things that we do every single day are going to help us get to those goals. If I have a goal of being the CEO of a major corporation, I don't just automatically become that. 90% of the time, you start at the bottom, maybe in the mail room, and you begin to work your way up. And if you work hard every single day, your systems, they won't fa- you won't fall to those necessarily uh, uh, bad things. But if you do right and you continue to push hard and you continue to work hard, you will rise to the level of your systems. But so often we never reach our goals because our systems fail. We never reach our goals because we're not putting things in every single day toward those things that we want to accomplish in our life. John W. Gardner said this, excellence is doing ordinary things extraordinarily well. Ordinary things extraordinarily well. And so this is exactly where we find the children of Israel. You say, Pastor Yeomans, all these quotes were written thousands of years after the children of Israel. Yes, but the principles still apply. Absolutely still apply. So let me ask you this question. What are you doing today that will help you conquer in your life? What are you doing today that will help you conquer for the rest of your life? Up until this point in our story, Israel has been through some ups and downs. Very few ups mostly downs. They've been spending a lot of time losing battles. They've been plagued. They have complained. They have been disappointed. But all of that is very quickly going to change here. Really, the only good victory that we have seen them win is the victory against Arad, the Canaanite, which, was, which we saw a couple of weeks ago. And they, uh, they come down and these Canaanites take a few of the Israelites captive, and, and, and they end up going in and saying, God, if you'll release, if you'll co- allow us to conquer these people, we will destroy them, and that's exactly what the Lord does. So just a few verses prior to this, in Numbers chapter 21, I want you to look with me in verse 10. Numbers chapter 21, look with me in verse 10. The Bible says, and the children of Israel set forward and pitched in Oboth. And just remember from a couple weeks ago, they had sinned and they had complained about going around the land of Edom and they had complained about that and God sends fiery serpents and they bite the people and there's a plague and Moses lifts up the serpent in the wilderness and if people look upon that serpent, they would live. So we pick up verse 10, they now move and pitch toward Oboth, verse 11, and they journeyed from Oboth and pitched in Ijeabiram in the wilderness which is before Moab toward the sun rising. Okay, from thence they removed and pitched in the valley of Zared. From thence they removed and pitched on the other side of Arnon, which is in the wilderness that cometh out of the coast of the Amorites. For Arnon is the border of Moab, between Moab and the Amorites. 
Wherefore it is said in the book of the wars of the Lord, what he did in the Red Sea, in the brooks of Arnon, and at the stream of the brooks that goeth down to the dwelling of Ar, and lieth upon the border of Moab. And from thence they went to Beer, that is, the well whereof the Lord spake unto Moses, Gather the people together, and I will give them water. Verse 17. Then Israel sang this song. Spring up, O well, sing ye unto it. The princes digged the well, the nobles of the people digged it by the direction of the lawgiver with their staves. And from the wilderness they went to Matanah. There's a lot of moving around here, and you're saying, what in the world are we going to get out of this this morning? I hope you'll get something. I want to preach to you a message that I've entitled Every Day. Every Day. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for all you do for us. Thank you for allowing us to be here this morning. Father, we do thank you for the lovely weather that you give us. Father, sometimes we, uh, we do complain about things, and Father, I know that I'll be complaining in summer, but Father, we do thank you so much for the place in which we live, and Father, we have uh, many benefits here in this country, and we just thank you so much for them. Father, we thank you for dying on the cross for our sins. Thank you for the lovely song that was sung this morning and the truth behind it. I pray that you would help us to focus on that daily. And Father, would you help us this morning as we look at this passage of Scripture? May we learn something from it. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Every day, I want to show you three types of life battles you can conquer. Three types of life battles that you can conquer if you live them every day. The first one I want you to see is the standard battles. Standard battles. Most of you are thinking like, okay, like battles are just standard, right? Like it's just every day you have these normal battles, right? Well, yes, absolutely, there are. And you don't think of them as battles probably because you have to encumber them every single day. And so here we are, we see the children of Israel here in verse 16, the Bible says, and from thence they went to Beer. And here it is, that it is the well whereof the Lord spake unto Moses. Gather the people together, watch this, and I will give them what? Water. Interesting. Then Israel sang this song, spring up a well, sing ye unto it. The princes digged the well, the nobles of the people digged it by the direction of the lawgiver with their staves. And from the wilderness they went to Matanah. Now, what you need to understand here is they are in a wilderness. Okay? So this is not a wonderful place of springs flowing up and everything's going really well and, and they're in the wilderness. And so they need water every single day. Right? All of us do. There are, they, they are in an everyday battle here. There's a standard battle here. There is nothing overly complex here. They need water. This is not a, a complex details. This is not a complex battle. There is one problem that they have, and God calls them together and says, hey, listen, get the people together. I'm going to give them water. This is exciting, okay? And we've, we've seen this before. We've, this is not something new to the children of Israel. They've been wandering in the wilderness for several years now, and they're continuing to wander around, and they need water constantly. This is a little bit different. Notice... They're not complaining. They never once does the Bible say that they complain here. Every other time that we've seen them needing water, they are complaining about it. We need water. Why did you bring us up out of the land of Egypt where we had leeks and garlics and all the water that we could ever want? Why are you bringing us up out of the land of Egypt to die in this wilderness? Here we are. We have no water for us and for our cattle and for our children and our wives. And, and all of these things, they begin to murmur and complain against Moses and Aaron. We don't see that here. You know what else we don't see here? We don't see the fact that they had water handed to them. 
Again, every other time, water has been just handed to them. It's been right there for them to grasp. If you go back to the waters of Mara, and there, was, there were bitter waters, there's water in front of them, and they say, this, is, this water's bitter, we can't even drink this, what are we going to do? And what does God do? God tells Moses, cut a branch off of this tree, throw it in the water, and the water's healed, and it's perfectly fine. Water's handed to them. We also know that there was two times where Moses hit a rock, and out of the rock comes what? Water. You guys are with me. Good. All right. Good job. Water. Water flows out of this thing. And, and so water there, it feeds, it, excuse me, it gives drink to all of the children of Israel. Water is handed to them. Notice with me what happens. Look at verse 17. Then Israel sang this song, spring up a well, sing ye unto it. Hello. No murmuring. What are they doing? They're singing praise to God. But look at what else. The princes digged the well. Not the servants, not the lowly, not the little people. The princes digged the well. Get this, they're digging in a desert. They're digging. Constantly just digging. Now, if you're like me at all, I like things handed to me on a silver platter. It's just the way it is. I'm sorry, most of us are like that. If anybody's going to give us something, we like that. We like being given things. And here we are, the children of Israel are not being given things as they once had, but they're working for it. They're digging a well. Okay, let's continue. Every time they have needed water, they have been handed it to them. They're not complaining. They're not on edge. They're singing praise to God. And even in verse 18, the nobles of the people. Again, here we are, digged it by the direction of the lawgiver with their staves. And so they're here, they're digging the well. They're singing while they're digging. You know the old Snow White cartoon, right? What's, the song is Whistle While You Work. Whistle While You Work. And that's almost what the children of Israel are doing. There's nobles and, and princes and they're in there digging the well and the rest of the children of Israel are just singing, spring up a well, spring up a well. This is what God is doing for us. God is providing for us. You might be saying, well, wait a minute. I thought God said he would provide water for them. Okay, go back to verse 16. From thence they went to beer, that is the well, where the Lord spake unto Moses, watch, gather the people together and I will give them water. He said, Pastor Yeomans, I thought God said he would give them water. That means there's no work involved, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. How do we assume that? Oftentimes we assume things about God, and oftentimes we assume things that God is going to do things for us, but here we find the people digging for it. They're working for it. Now imagine with me if this, if this happened. They dig. They're in the desert, remember. They dig a hole. They dig a really, really deep hole because they're digging a well, right? And they dig this hole, and it's really deep, and all of a sudden they figure out there's no water here. How frustrated would you be? Then you go over a few hundred yards to this side, and you begin digging again. And you dig down, and you dig as deep as you can possibly imagine that there would ever be water, and no water. That would be frustrating. You see, what happens here is they dig down, and almost immediately they receive water. You say, Pastor Jones, how is this a standard battle? How does this apply? How does this get into our lives? You see, every single day we have these standard battles. Do you realize that every single day you probably should eat? 
something. Every single day you probably should eat and sleep and drink. These are the standard battles. You say, Pastor, you know, these are not battles. These are, these are not difficult things to do. Well, no, you're correct. But how do I conquer then these battles? Well, most of us go to work. Right? Or we're on retirement and we have a pension and all of those things. That's, that's all good and fun and, and wonderful. But here's the idea. Wouldn't it be frustrating if every day you went to work and you didn't get any work done? And because you didn't get any work done, you don't get paid. Because you don't get paid, you don't get any sleep. And because you don't get any sleep, you have a hard time working the next day. And because you can't work the next day, you don't get paid. Then you're not eating. Then you're not drinking. And do you see how it all works together? Wouldn't it be frustrating if you got fired from your job? Wouldn't it be frustrating if you got laid off time and time and time again? Here's what I think we forget. God is in control of all of these things. You see, God was in control of bringing water up from the desert floor from from when they dig. And he could have said, no, I'm not going to give you water. You can work as hard as you want. You can do all that you can do. And you you can dig as deep as you want, but I'm not giving you water. He could have done that. But he doesn't. He makes them work for it. And and here we are in our same everyday battles, our standard battles. And we think, listen, I got a job. Look at what I did. I got food on the table. I provided it. I gave it to you. I, gave, uh, we, I had a conversation with somebody the other day, and, uh, and they say all the time that our kids thank us for buying them dinner and meals and putting food on the table, when in reality, this person said to me, it's actually God who's doing that. You see, that's a spectacular view of what's going on. And so often we get so standard and we get so, ah, I can take care of this, but we, don't, we forget that God is the one who has control of the, over these things. So what are we do, to do to conquer these things? If we're supposed to conquer standard, everyday battles, listen, we don't have control of our jobs. 20 years ago, it seemed as if there were people that were invincible, that had no problems, they never had to worry about their jobs. But today, we see it's much different than that. Today we see it's very easy to lose a job. Somebody could be laid off. A a company could be closed down. There's so many different things where we think we can handle it. But God is in control. So what are we to do? Every day we are to trust God to supply. Every single day. Every day we should be thanking God for the ability to work. For the ability to bring in an income, for the ability to put food on the table, to, for the ability to drive through the drive through and get a McDonald's burger. We should be thankful for those opportunities. You know what we should be doing? I honestly believe this. I believe we should be singing praise to God for standard things. Standard things. Folks, it's an everyday standard battle. You say, Pastor Jones, come on. Are, are you honestly serious right now? Yes, absolutely I'm serious. Because there's more. Let's go to the second one. There's number two, the shocking battles. Shocking battles. We see the standard battles, the shocking battles. Let's go to Numbers 21. Look at verse 21 with me. The Bible says, And Israel sent messengers unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, saying, Let me pass through thy land. We will not turn into the fields nor into the vineyards. We will not drink of the waters of the well, but we will go along by the king's highway until we be past thy borders. Does anybody recognize this story? They did the same exact thing to their brother Esau, the land of Edom. Okay, look what happens. Verse 23. And Sihon would not 
suffer Israel to pass through his border. Watch this. But Sihon gathered all his people together and went out against Israel into the wilderness, and he came to Jahaz and fought against Israel. Verse 24. And Israel smote him with the edge of the sword and possessed his land from Arnon unto Jabbok, even unto the children of Ammon. For the border of the children of Ammon was strong. And Israel took all these cities, and Israel dwelt in all the cities of the Amorites, in Heshbon, and in all the villages thereof. And it continues to talk about Heshbon and the places that it is, and, and the excitement that has happened there. So there's this shocking battle. I don't think that the children of Israel thought that when they sent letters to Sihon, the king of the Amorites, that they would be immediately brought out to an army who's not happy and who's looking for a battle. There is no, you know, if you send a letter to somebody asking them something, you would assume a letter would come back saying, no, we don't want you. If you do, we'll come out to war with you. You know, something to that effect. Or, yes, absolutely, would you please come through our land? You, you don't expect just an army to show up, ticked off, ready to fight. You don't expect that. It's shocking. Okay, so I can just imagine the children of Israel being in this position. Here comes the army out to meet them. They send the letter out. Instead of receiving an answer, they receive an army ready for a fight. You see, again, these battles are in our lives as well. Let me explain. They come in all different shapes and sizes. This might take the form of you going into your boss and saying, hey, I've been working here for 10 years. I think it's time for a raise. And you come out without a job. Shocking. It's happened before might also take the form of going to a routine doctor's appointment, finding out that you have a lump somewhere and that now you have cancer. It might also take the form of you trying to do something nice for a neighbor. You end up scratching their car or breaking something of theirs, and now you have a problem with your neighbor. Shocking. Things that you just don't expect. You're, you're trying to do something nice or you're trying to figure some things out and all of a sudden you now have this really bad news, these really hard problems. There's so many ways that these battles can come up, but when they come up, they are absolutely shocking. Some of them, they make you sit down. I remember I had a phone call. I was in college. One early morning, my brother and my dad were out, and my grandfather were out in Wyoming doing some fishing, which, by the way, I'm very jealous, because that's where I was supposed to go. But I was in college, and they went without me. <laughs> so they're out there having a good time. I get a phone call from my mom. One, I believe it was a Tuesday morning, actually. She says, are you sitting down? I said, no, should I? She said, yeah, you probably should. And here I thought, my mom was calling me to tell me how everything was going. She said, your brother's been hit by a car. He's been taken to the hospital. He has internal bleeding on his brain. They're going to have to cut his skull open. He's broken his leg, both of the bones in his leg. You just sit there and you go, Shocking. You see, these things happen all the time. And most of the time, we're not prepared for them. Most of the time, we're not ramped up for them and our backs up and our re we're ready for them. No, most of the time, we're not. And they're just shocking. 
These things are disruptive. That pretty much ruined my day. My brother's okay now. He's doing well. He's a police officer now. But that was a shocking thing. And these people, again, probably were shocked by these people coming out to battle with them, but God gives them the victory. They were able to conquer because of God. And folks, we, with God, will be able to conquer these battles in our own lives. But there's a third set of battles. These are similar, but a little bit different. The third thing is surprise battles. Should look at Numbers chapter 21. Look, jump down to verse 31 with me. Numbers 21 and verse 31, the Bible says this, Thus Israel dwelt in the land of the Amorites. So here's the idea. They conquer the Amorites, and they're dwelling in their cities. They have houses, they have lands, they have all these things, so they're dwelling there. And Moses sent to spy out Jeazer, and they took the villages thereof and drove out the Amorites that were there. So again, they make a small battle and win this one as well. Verse 33. And they turned and went up by the way of Bashan, and Og, the king of Bashan, went out against them, he and all his people, to the battle at Adrei. And the Lord said unto Moses, Fear him not, for I have delivered him into thy hand and all his people and his land, and thou shalt do to him as thou didst unto Sihon, king of the Amorites, which dwelt at Heshbon. So they smote him and his sons and all his people until there was none left him alive, and they possessed his land. So again, here's the idea that children of Israel just walking minding their own business. They're now moving closer to the promised land. They're getting closer to that place where they will cross the uh, Jordan River and they will go into the promised land that God had given them. And so they're just minding their own business, walking, doing their own thing. They're on the border of Bashan. And all of a sudden, Og and his company comes out to fight against them. Surprise. Surprise battle. Again, these can take many forms. Again, as I said before, a car accident. Emergency health crisis, an unexpected death in the family. Things can take all shapes and sizes. For this one, I thought of an opportunity that I had um, a couple years ago. December 27th, I get up in the morning. I don't know why all these things happen in the morning. I'm going to stop getting up in the morning. Get up in the morning. We were spending Christmas at my in-laws in Pickering. We were there, and we were uh, in the, in the, they have a basement apartment that we were able to have. And so I wake up, and I have a bunch of emails on my phone. I begin to scroll through them, and I see an email by the beloved Canada Revenue Agency. And they never give you any information in the email, so I had to go online. I get online, I find my account, and I figure out what it is that they want from me. Or what it is I'm getting from them. And sure enough, they leave me a Christmas present. I was so disappointed because they said, you now owe us $2,700. There was a mistake on your tax form. And instead of trying to figure it out, we just want our money back. You know that sinking feeling in your stomach when you go, oh, I can't afford $2,700 right now. Surprise. Merry Christmas. And so here we are, and I begin to pray and ask God, God, what is it that I'm supposed to do here? I make a few phone calls. It all works out. I ended up uh, not actually having to pay anything. We fixed the problem that was on there. But this battle for the children of Israel was slightly different than a little bit of a financial problem. Why don't you go to Deuteronomy chapter 3 with me? By the way, Deuteronomy, first couple chapters are sort of a, a look back. 
Moses is looking back on his time. And they're beginning to talk through some things, and he's beginning to recount some of the things that are going on. But if you look at Deuteronomy chapter 3, look at verse 11 with me. Remember the, the king's name, his name was Og. Verse 11, the Bible says, For only Og, king of Bashan, remained, watch this, of the remnant of giants. Let me read that again. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. Is it not in Rabath of the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits the breadth thereof after the cubit of a man. And this land which we possessed at that time from our oar, which is by the river Arnon in half Mount Gilead, and the cities thereof gave I unto the Reubenites and to the Gadnites. Watch this. And the rest of Gilead and all Bashan, being the kingdom of On, gave I unto the half-tribe of Nasa, all the region of Argob, with all Bashan, which was called the land of giants. So again, now picture this with me. You're just walking along in the desert, and all of a sudden you feel the ground rumbling. What in the world is that? I don't know if they've experienced, experienced uh, earthquakes before or not. I have no idea. But the ground begins to move and the ground begins to shake. And all of a sudden they look up and they can see on the horizon what look like pretty big men. And sure enough, here they come. Bashanites, if you will. Tall, nine cubits, huge, giant men. What would you do? I know what I'd do. But you know, I want you to think back with me, if you will, back to when they went to spy out the land of Canaan. You remember the one thing that they focused on? We are as grasshoppers in their sight. There's the children of Anak, which by the way are Amorites. They're, they're, they're the children of Anak, and they're giants, and we're as grasshoppers in their sight. And we, There's no way we can conquer them, and here we are. They're running at us at this point right now. Scared to death. And what do they do? They begin to pray and ask God. And God says, don't worry. I've given them into your hands. You go ahead and fight against them. These were giants. This is not what they were expecting. This was a surprise to them. This was a huge undertaking. But folks, catch this. By this time, the children of Israel have learned something. The children of Israel have done something. They had learned this to trust God. They've, they've done things wrong. They've, they've not had the right attitude. They've, they've not trusted God. And by now, they're beginning to learn that God is going to fight for us. God is going to give us the victory. Folks, I have no idea what many of you are facing today. I have no idea what the problems and struggles in the battles that you're having today. But I, whatever it is, I want you to know this. Whether it's a standard surprise or some other battle, we can conquer through Christ. You say, Pastor Jones, yeah, we know that. Get on with it. What's your point? I want you to think about this. How are we going to conquer? How are we going to conquer our standard battles? How are we going to conquer those shocking battles? How are we going to conquer those, those surprise battles in our life? We do not rise to the level of our goals. We fall to the level of our systems. Excellence is doing ordinary things 
extraordinarily well. What would have happened if the children of Israel, if they had been worshiping idols at this time? If they have been living without God and, and, and these standard shocking and surprise battles show up out of nowhere. So here come the, the children of the Amorites and, and Bashan and Og and all his company and they're over here and they're worshiping idols and they're, they're offering, offering incense to idols and they're bowing down to the golden calf and they see these people coming. Are they going to say, oh, excuse me one second, can you just stop right there? I need some time, give me about three months and I'm going to come over here, and I'm going to pray, and I'm going to seek God's face. No. That doesn't happen, right? This army's coming now. They have maybe a few hours, and they have to ask God, what are you supposed to do? Now get this with me. When Israel was in idolatry, when Israel was living the way that they wanted to, when Israel was doing things that they wanted to do, and they weren't paying attention to God at all, we know what happened. Plagues. They were defeated. They were given punishment. All of these things, they were not conquering. So get this. Here's the point of the message. We live our lives often the way that we want to. Every day. We do what we want. We do it how we want. We do it when we want. And then all of a sudden, something comes into our life. Then all of a sudden our mom calls and says, hey, your brother's been hit by a car. And then we turn to God. And then we go, oh God, please help my brother. Please help me with this problem that I have. And then God fixes the problem and before you know it, we're what? Right back where we were. Doing our thing. How many times is God going to do that? You see, I want to propose to you this morning that we fall often and we do not conquer because of the level of our systems. So often we run to God to bail us out of a particular problem when we have not spent any time with Him. And often we will even complain to Him as to why we've been put into this mess to begin with. People do this with their eternity as well. I know people who have said that they are going to live their lives the way that they want to and on their deathbed, when I'm laying there, you know, with cancer and, you know, I know I got a few hours left to live, that's when I'll call out on God. That's when I'll ask God, what happens if there's a shocking or a surprising thing that comes in and you don't even get a chance to be on your deathbed? You just end up in a casket. People play Russian roulette with their eternity. The key, I believe, to Conquering through Christ is to live every day with God. And every single moment of every single day trusting in Him. The key to conquering is to do ordinary things extraordinary well. My challenge to you today is very simple. What are you doing today that is going to help you conquer tomorrow? Are you spending time with God now so that when the battle comes, you're ready? Are you putting on the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the fiery darts of the wicked? Or are you just like, hey, it doesn't matter. When, when it comes, it comes. I'll just take care of it then. 
Folks, if you want to conquer, the children of Israel had to learn this. The children of Israel were doing the wrong things and, and they were defeated and, and they were complaining and they were murmuring and they were bitten by snakes and they had plagues and all the things were going wrong until they learned to trust God on a daily basis. For the daily things, for the standard things, for the everyday things. And then the shocking battles came and they got, got a victory. And then the, the surprise battle came and they got the victory over their worst fears because every single day they began to trust. Are you learning of him? Are you spending time with him so that when these battles show up you are fully dependent upon him? Fully capable through his power, to defeat that enemy? If your answer to these questions is, I am not doing anything, then I believe you will continue to fail. You'll continue to struggle. You'll continue to try and do it in your own strength, and God may give you an occasional victory here and there, but I believe you will never fully see God work until every day our systems are in place. And I'm not advocating for just putting things in motion just to say you did them and put check marks on them. I'm talking about a real, thriving, every single day relationship with God. So that when you need him, he's there. That's what I'm talking about. You're, it's your choice. You see, every day we can spend time doing the things that we want to do. Every day we can spend time on our phones, and on Facebook, and everything else. But somehow we lack the time to spend with God. And folks, when those battles come, I guarantee you they will. In some shape or form, when those battles come, you're going to be scrambling. But when you have God on your side, we are more than conquerors. But it's going to take an everyday Every day walk with him.